Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 21-9. I'm your host, Rob Nichols, with... I'm riding high on pre-workout, also host. Also the host, Purnell. What's up? Pre-workout. <laughs> you don't sound like you've had any pre-workout. What are you talking about? I sound like I've had tons of this stuff. Yeah. Though I had half of the serving size because pre-workout is a drink. It's makes it just pull the drink caffeine. before an exercise to get energized. Barry Bob is saying that when you take it, your face is going to start popping like, you know, Pop Rocks or Crackleberries or whatever. There's different things. Yeah, but I didn't want to chance that, so <laughs> I took half the serving. Oh, okay. Now I'm kind of like, I'm not sure if I'm on it or not. I don't know, whatever. The point <laughs> is, I exercised, then came over here starving, and Rob gave me a granola bar, and I'm drinking a watered-down Wawa Diet Green I'll tea. water it down more. Don't don't, don't, don't even just drink do water. Don't try. No, I can't. It needs the taste of tea. Oh no! I need dude. The, just I, drink water. But I need the power of tea. Just drink water. But just put it into a colored container. That is true. <laughs> I can imagine it's blue drink. Well, you probably heard his. You probably heard the voice right now. It is a uh, uh, soon-to-be rhythm and pixels all-star. There we go with a, with a with <laughs> blue. With yeah, a I, got, I, got, I got two water bottles on me. It's like sixty-four ounce. We have uh, uh, Mitchell Wong. Fantastic, uh, award-winning games composer for the game. Yes, yes, for the game Kine. And what a game! How, how does it feel? How does it what feel? What OST? How's it feel? It's crazy. Wow. Okay. So last time I was <laughs> on here, I think it was before Kine came out. Right. And so, um, what happened was that. At, oh, okay. I'm gonna tell the story. So I got a message from Gwen. She made the game, mm-hmm. and it's at like 12:30 a.m. I'm like, oh, weird. Gwen's normally asleep at like 11 or whatever, like a normal person. And so the, like, it was like, oh, are you awake? And I'm like, I didn't see it until one something. So then I responded like, yeah, are, are you? And then immediately respond. I was like, well, weird. Uh, like, I have something to show you. And then she sends me a picture of this reboot develop red best audio. And she's like, this is yours. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) what? Yeah, I don't know if you can see, but it's like right there. That's awesome. um, So I won an award for best audio for Kine, and it's pretty nuts. Uh, But also, besides that, I'm nominated for a Gang Award, and Gang is Game Audio Network Guild. So it's like the audio people of the world for game. Really? Yeah, that's great. And I'm nominated for best sound design in a casual or social game. And I'm up against games like Hearthstone. You should Call of Duty Mobile. Oh, if you don't beat Call of Duty Mobile, someone's getting your palms greased. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not gonna win. I'm gonna uh, watch me like two months later. Like, wow. Oh. No, I'm not gonna win. But if I did win, I'm just well, saying. if you don't win, we're gonna raise heck about it, and it's gonna be one of these where like. People are like, who the heck is this psychopath who keeps like dropping random messages no, about no, how no. you did wrong? You did this guy, you did it don't, wrong, you did don't, it wrong. Don't be that person. Don't be the. Um, I gotta be oh, that. Oh, person. It's just so nice just to be nominated. You yeah, gotta, you gotta go everywhere. Everywhere you go from now on, you gotta say, "Don't you know who I am? You know who I am." It's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, just the fact that I'm nominated for something like to be recognized by like yeah. my fellow mm-hmm. game audio people, it's like it's kind of wild. It's I mean, pretty dang cool. Well, you do fantastic work, so yeah, if anything, it's overdue. Aw, very good. Um, so, yeah. So, the composer of Kine is on our show again. I also think it's funny, by the way, that before the episode, <laughs> we did have a slight conversation involving, like, Mitchell's like, if I have a monologue. Oh, no, Rob said, if you can come up with a monologue before the show, 
you'll totally be able to come on like <laughs> like a like a further episode or something. And sure enough, boom, story time. Had a monologue. Didn't expect. Yeah, I'm it. gonna beat everyone else that's been on this show for however many times. I'll I'll, I'll beat them all. Mm. I'll, like, <laughs> I'll got. steal their place as a guest. You're gonna like show up at my house and you're like, no, I'm coming on your show right now. <laughs> we don't record drive to another Delaware. Thing? Hey, hey, Delaware is a great state to drive to. We've got all no. kinds of tax-free options no, here. No, like, pizza. No, no one drives here. Everyone drives through here. No, some people drive through Delaware. It's, yeah, I feel like they would just drive around it. No, the no, interstate, no. interstate cuts right through. It, oh, yeah. okay. If you want to drive around Delaware, you're basically making a lot of extra work for yourself. Believe it or not, yeah. it's just quicker and smoother. And then you can stop on the way to get cheap gas. And tax-free goodles. And oh, and loads of cigarettes. So many smokes. Yeah, that's what people do. I don't know why. <laughs> that's a thing. I've had a, over the years, I had a lot of people say, hey, if you're on your way down, can you bring me some cigarettes? And I'd always say no. <laughs> you don't even do it. You, no, don't, you I, don't smoke I, and you I, don't even like, pick them up. Won't buy them. <laughs> I won't buy them. When I was a teenager, I had friends who would come to me to pick up stuff from them because I could pass for an adult. So, I would buy oh lighters God. for some Such reason. A house story. Oh yeah, man! Like it was just something. Just like oh, I don't want to get down. It's like I'll give you ten dollars. Deal. So I would like buy like lighters and stuff, but I would never buy cigarettes. Mm. I just wouldn't do it. Like keep buying cigarettes. Like no, kill yourself on your own time. Get out of my face. Jeez. Oh, what about the lighter? I can buy you the lighter. That's Oof. no problem. But you gotta, yeah, well, that's how I've always felt. Before Oof. cigarettes became taboo, I called them cancer sticks. Yeah. In your face world oh, or whatever. Wait, why don't... Oh, never mind. I feel like cigarettes have always... I mean, then, then again, cigarettes have always been kind of bad. I, I don't like smoke in general. Well, there, well, there was a period. I mean, like... Cause I got, I'll, I'll acknowledge flat out. I think we're a little more on the ancient side here than you are. So there's like a period there, like a window... Where, like, cigarettes, we're not we're not talking quite like the 60s or 70s, like after a hard day of work and, like, beating, you know, poor workers, I get a cigarette. No. But we were at a period in time where people would just, like, advertise it regularly, how awesome it was to smoke. You were actually perceived to be on the, pretty much on the cooler side if you smoked rebelliously in high school, even. Like, I don't think you even get that treatment in high school now. Like, if you smoke as a teenager now, you look, you're treated like crap. I don't know. It's There's... all about the vape. It's no, you're vaping now. Vape. Yeah, vape. It's all about well, vapes. I, I, I smoked from the age of what? 18 until 22. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But your scenario was just weird but, because but, you were the you're literally the only person I've ever met who was like, I'm just going to stop today. That was, yeah, I, yeah, it was. And that was a long time ago. I just turned 40. So that's Whoa. that's a very long time ago. Watch, <laughs> when Rob turns 60, he's going to go, Pernell, i got to admit something to you. I actually did relapse like twice in that period. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's scary. Um, anybody who has kicked a um a, a, like a, a habit with a with a substance you know any, anything like any kind of drug it's like it's terrifying once it's once it's out of your system to ever introduce it back because you have to go through that same withdrawal over again but there were those periods that where i'd come by to hang out and i'm like hey rob how's it going i was like it's going okay you stupid butthead and i'm like <laughs> i understand i understand i'd never said that to you Asked you, you called me an idiotic butt. I did call. I got you, the, the words correct. I had some additional words there. <laughs> All right, so, um, so we we talked um, together about what our topic should be, and based on our last show with you, um, Smash came up quite often because you play it pretty competitively, right? Yeah. So I love Smash Bros. Yeah. And I've been playing since when it first came out, and so I think last time I was on was before Smash came out. 
And before it came out, I was like, ooh, what if I could be the best King K. Romain in Massachusetts? Huh? It'll never happen. And then at some point I was like, wait a second. There's no one else that can really contest this from me. Like the few people that could, I was better than. So for a period of time, I was actually the best King K. Romain in Massachusetts. Nice. Ooh. And I am not anymore. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, Did King K. Yeah. Rule end up becoming a popular character in professional play? Ooh, so in the very beginning, people were like, wow, he's really good. He's like high tier. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. He's top tier. Like, oh, no, he's not. He's the best character in the game. No, definitely not. And then it just like slowly sank down. And people, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's, you know, he's like mid tier. Oh, no, he, he's not that bad. He's not low tier. No, he's not bottom tier. He, he's he's not Pac-Man tier? Second worst. No, Pac-Man's good. Pac-Man's good. Wait, wait, wait. People <laughs> actually respect Pac-Man in the game? Pac-Man's good. Yes, actually. I like that. Gotta respect um, Pac-Man. No, I love Pac-Man, but I thought everyone else hated using Pac-Man. There's a, a really good player named T in Japan who is a Pac-Man player. Um, I just like within, dunking on dunking fire hydrants on people. It's fantastic. He's good. Um, mm, yeah, mm. within New England, there are a couple good Pac-Man players. Um, named... Who would you say is the like the two bottom tier characters? <gasps> though? Oh, the worst characters, Little Mac. Um, and oh. for a time, it used like people were like. Hey, maybe K. Roll is the worst character in the game. I'm like, no, no. I'm sad to hear Little Mac is, but I do remember hearing that he has no aerial game, and that's a big problem when you're constantly trying to recover. That's like Justin Wong playing Street Fighter, because Justin Wong is like super, you know, high level competitive. Oh, he'd find a way. He just, I think he's, but like like, he picks, he picks characters that most people don't use, and then like plays them at a very, very high level. Yeah, because he's got like a built-in, like you know. I don't want to call it a handicap because it seems like it's not that's not the direction I want to go. But basically, he, that guy is just a machine. Yeah, I, he, I can't. He is a gaming machine. Yeah, but um, yeah. but uh, Smash Brothers, I never got into, it. and it's not because it's I, I can't say oh it's not a fighting game. It's just it never I never had an N sixty four, so I never like got into it. You had a Pernell for years. I just I I never got into it. But did you have a GameCube into or a it. Wii? Never had a Nintendo system. Pernell had a GameCube. Pernell had a Wii. Pernell had a Switch. <laughs> But uh, but the, it's the it, door was always I, open. I think people saying that it's not a fighting game or can't be played competitively just don't like fun. Oh no 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 they're, no no! They're no. closed minded. I, yeah, exactly. I, my logic on it has been this: I'm the other way around on it. I'm not so I'm not the type that will say it not it can't be a fighter and it can't be competitive. My issue is when people try to take that game that it is and turn it into another type of game. Like mm. let's take Smash Brothers and turn Street Fighter Five. Like, no, it's Smash Brothers. They threw items in it. They have maps that do weird things. Yeah. And the, and I the, am curious about this, about the minutia of competitive play with Smash Brothers. And I want to I talk about that because you know. Oh, I yeah. can monologue about this. This is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's so listen. Smash Brothers, everybody. Let, Smash let's, Brothers. Get, let's get into some music first. And then let's, let's, let, uh, let's, let's let Mitchell monologue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to let you um, start with uh, the first track. You sent me... Um, a bunch. So why yeah. you, you go ahead and just pick one. So the first track, I wanted to pick a track that was um, that was original to Smash Brothers. Yes. And in my opinion, the best original track is Final Destination from Brawl. That track is amazing. Also, that stage is really pretty. And it just, I, that was kind of in my day of like, only like, no, I know it's Fox only, Final Destination. <laughs> so <laughs> like, what a time. Yeah, melee like the end of melee in the early days of brawl was like when I was like, like oh I'm the best of my friends I'm so good at this video game, um so 
I played a lot of Final Destination in Brawl, and mm. that track is just so tight. And they brought it back, and it's still it's still so good. That's just so to good. make sure my memory is right on that, for the entirety of the series, every Final Destination stage has always been a flat tier stage, right? Correct. If it's not, so actually, sixty four is irrelevant in this part. Battlefield and Final Destination are like the two like super basic stages. Battlefield is a triplat where there's three platforms, mm-hmm. and Final Destination is flat. Also, I hate Final Destination nowadays. <laughs> yes! It's a terrible stage. Um, in in melee days, Battlefield was actually much smaller, and Final Destination was very wide. And then they kind of flipped it, where Battlefield's like significantly just larger, and Final Destination's way tighter. Hmm. So, ever since is I want to say Brawl, is it more fun to play that it's tighter now? I hate Final Destination. <laughs> it's a platform fighting game, and when there are no platforms, you lose a lot of dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, to say that it's, I, I, I have this very controversial opinion that Final Destination should be a counter pick in Ooh, tournament play. Oh, I see. I That's see. an interesting. Statement. I like that. Yeah. All right. So I have the composer as Yu Sugimoto, um, and I believe it, it's it's arranged for Smash Brothers Ultimate, which we're going to hear now. Um, I don't know who the arranger is, so I can only assume that the arranger is the original. Ranger? Yeah, it's, maybe it's just the original. No, Red Ranger. Red Ranger. I oh, think fine, it's, it's Yellow Ranger. Yellow Ranger. What? I don't know Power Rangers. Why are we talking about Power Rangers? <laughs> I'm the junkie. He's like, I don't know who arranged it. Oh, oh arranged okay. it. Oh. oh, that was lost on both of us. I, thought, I was thinking <laughs> like, Final, like Final Destination was the name of a giant, I don't know, robot thing. All right, so yeah. uh, Final Destination and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Brawl for the Switch. Yu Sugimoto.
Alright, you're listening to Final Destination from Super Smash Bros. Brawl in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch, composed by Yu Sugimoto. And so, was the Final Destination stage, stage originally introduced in the N64? Yes. Right? Y- yes. Um, it was the end of Classic Mode where you would fight... I don't even remember. It was like, it was like Master, Master Hand. Hand. It was giant, Master hey, Hand. giant hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you fight Master Hand on Final Destination and Smash 64, but it was not playable until Melee. And um, so the only, there's only one competitive stage in, May, uh, in 64, and it's Kirby Dreamland, which is like a triplat, but there's still the wind. Well, um, stage yeah. is the best track in the game. <laughs> All right, so what makes a good Smash stage? Ooh, um, the most fair Smash Bros. stage, I think nowadays everyone would more or less agree, is Pokemon Stadium mm. 2. Pokemon Stadium 1 is, in my opinion, a slightly better stage, but there are like two weird little hiccups that are just like, we might as well just do two. Because they're like so similar as it is. Um, more or less, though, Pokemon Stadium 1 is slightly smaller. Essentially, though, two... Um, the way it is is that it's flat, and then there are two platforms. Okay, And that is enough to provide a lot of like... It's enough to provide a lot of like mobility options and like juggling options and comboing off things, but not as much as Battlefield, where you can kind of um, what we call circle camp, where you kind of just camp the top platform and you kind of go around a circle. You can't really circle camp Battlefield super well, but you can huh. camp the top platform. Okay. So, so Pokemon Stadium 2 is typically the best, most neutral stage. Do certain characters have advantages over having additional platforms? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so, so that's why some people would be like, oh, we only want a flat stage because then it evens the playing field for everybody. Oh, but that's a different thing, too. I mean, not, not that that's a good argument. I'm just saying that, that is an argument, yeah, right? So yeah, so yeah. take- a lot of characters benefit from having no platforms, mm. and that's why PS2 is good because it is not a trip. It's not a triplat, but it is not completely flat, like mm. Final Destination. So then I have a question for you, then. Um, so... Given the nature of the general communities, there's a divide between people who want to play on very specific stages. There's people that want to remove stages from circulation when it comes down to choosing them. And there's other people like me who just say every stage should be allowed if it's in the game. And you just deal with the con- you just oh, deal with it when no. you play. And I was going to ask, no, like, what's your now. take on it? Like, no, Brunel. What? You don't like <laughs> you, Poke Floats? <laughs> if you... Okay, so funny fact. Poke Floats used to be legal because it was always consistent. But then there was... There were, like, so many stages where, like, you could play Fox, you would take a lead, and then you would run away for seven minutes. Oh, and that's geez. lame, and no one likes that. And for because good reason. It is, East Coast. Yeah, so there's no rule against it. <laughs> oh, are you going to bring up the East Coast versus West Coast mentality? Yeah, so... so we do. We uh, essentially... They they narrowed it down. I think the last stage to get um, banned in in melee was um, DK sixty four Congo Jungle, and it like might technically be allowed in doubles in certain places, but like no one ever goes there. Um, no one ever goes to Congo Jungle. It's just nasty no. there. It's like it's one of those things. It's like a stage that like yeah I could see that being legal, and then you find out why it was banned, and you watch that game, and you're like. Yeah, I understand why it was banned. But wasn't the if I remember correctly, wasn't the original Congo there was two Donkey Kong stages, so I can't remember which one it was. There was the one where it was the platform that kinda dipped like a smiley face and had the two platforms up top and the barrel that floated across the bottom that could shoot yes, you back up. That is that is Congo Jungle sixty four. Okay. I'm trying to think of why that would be banned. For a time. But why would that get banned? It's pretty much a I the mean the reason I, why it's banned. 
So here's the thing. Mm. A lot of stages are very obvious why they're banned. And sometimes other stages you need a story. The reason why, there's a very specific match that everyone always references. I don't know the players, but essentially, Peach lost to a Ganondorf in round one. In round two, um, she counterpicked to Congo Jungle 64, and then she took a lead by like a stock, and then she just camped the top side. This is what we call circle camping, where she's just kind of floating as above. And in order for Ganondorf to approach, he would have to do a very committal set of moves. He'd have to up B in order to get to the top. And that's super punishable. If he double jumps, well, now he's going to get knocked away and he's going to lose immediately. And getting to the center is going to be really hard. And so as he would try and approach towards like the left side, she would back away to the right side. And if he tried to approach to the right side, she would just go to the left side. And it was that for seven minutes. And oh, no one wants to watch that because they didn't boring. touch each other for like seven minutes. That so that's why the stage is banned. It throws me for such a loop with that game. Like, and this is why I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll stop going off on the tangent, and let's be going on a tangent. That's the fun aspect of these things. Like, I, when I look at Smash Brothers, right? Mm. When I first started playing, my logic is that I always refer to it as a party bro, right? Meaning that the idea behind the game is that they just come up with a hodgepodge of levels and characters that they design in whatever way they want, and there's a bunch of items you can acquire. And the idea to truly be like, I'm really good at this game, aside from the usual being you know, character matchups and stage jumps, is just being able to work as best within the chaos as you possibly can. Like, a person should be able to hopefully aspire to best be able to say, pick whatever stage you want, stay the items at base level, I'm going to win. There's oh, nothing I mean, you can I do to beat me. I would win against you if I did that. But like, So I, I feel like there's a time and place for casual, because I love... I love four-player or eight-player free-for-all with items and random stages, hazards, and all that fun stuff. And I use, like, Final Smash Meter when I'm playing casually with a bunch of friends. Um, but then also if I'm like, yo, put money down on this, I will do by tournament rules, right? Oh, no, that so. I totally get behind. I can I can definitely understand and even why, why, appreciate why the tournament rules exist. Yeah, like yeah there's yeah. something cool about the mm-hmm. fact that they designed the game to be as modifiable as you really want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's just that I've played casually with folks who will not play unless they have tournament rules for casual play. Oh. Furthermore, it's said that almost every tournament is based around tournament rules. Like, Well, it, it would have to be. Well, that's right? the thing. Like, not necessarily. I mean, the tournament rules exist for a specific sect of tournament players. Right? Like, this is the style of tournament we want. You want to see a tournament without specific rules? No, I want to... Like, I think of a tournament like having, like, the base rules. Like, to give you an example, this was years ago, mind you, but this is before we got to this point we're at now. But uh, I was running, hosting a Smash Brothers Melee tournament at Anime Central. It was, like, 2003 or four. Yeah, that's a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> after this tournament, I never hosted one again. <laughs> uh, but basically, the idea I had back then was like, okay, to me, Smash Brothers is a party brawler with these base sets of rules, being you have items set to medium, not high, not low. You have oh access to... Yeah, I know! You're going to have an aneurysm from this! <laughs> like, I was like, items at medium, all stages allowed, all characters allowed, mm. no um, no bracket you know, prearranging in the sense of like... Telling me no seating, yeah, no seating. Like I don't want to be like this guy has to go against this guy right here. Like mm. no, I'm gonna roll some dice. You're getting in there, you know. And this is a, there was like a weird divide where some people were cool with it, 
And there was another set that was like, no, this is ridiculous because yeah. now I can't do this stage right. with this character. I like, have a question for you. <laughs> was there money on the line? No, no. That, and that's what I mean. It was a tournament, but the reward was just like, hey, I entered because I have the missions badge to be here. Okay. There so, was a prize okay. you could get, but no one's going to walk out losing money. <laughs> what was money. the prize? It was probably like a game or something like something or money towards the dealer's room. But the idea is that you didn't put money in the pot to potentially lose it. If there's money going into a pot, like a entry fee, oh, I totally understand. You'd be like, no, I'm not entering this tournament unless this is the style of play because that's where I sell it. It's like, okay, because that's where the money comes in. But if it's just like, hey, yeah. we're all putzing around here. And if you win, you might get some stuff. But if yeah. you lose, you just lose. They've got a point where it's you need to have... Some kind of structure if you're if, if there's a lot of money on the line yeah, too. If there's yeah. money. Alright, let's get back into tournament rules and Pernell <laughs> getting really upset. I'm not upset. Oh, calm down. No, I'm kidding. My brains. Uh, so you're next on the odd numbered episode. In that case, I'm gonna pick my battle track. Okay. Because I love this track and it's so fitting for me. And I'm glad I discovered it because of this topic. Because I've never heard it in the game. Um, this is a remix from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Right. It is the Battle with Steven theme, which is basically the champion from that gank. And you have the composer because they have they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's originally Junichi Masuda and it is arranged by Sohiabe. Welcome back. You are listening to the Battle with Steven theme from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, arranged for Smash Brothers Ultimate. Proposed originally by Janucci Masuda, but as Rob said, it's been arranged by Sohi Abe. Yes. All that's right. That's what I found. That's memory, baby. We're going to go with that. 
So, obviously, well, it's not obvious because no one would know this. Um, well, it is obvious that I'm a big fan of Pokemon. And what it may not be so obvious is that even before I became the steel gym leader for Mag for, um, for the East Coast Pokemon League, I was always a big fan of Steven because, well, he's a master of steel type Pokemon and he rocks a Metagross, which, why wouldn't you rock a Metagross? So, I've been a fan of that battle mm-hmm. and this track for a ridiculously long time. So, to hear this arrangement, this hard rocking arrangement for a hard metallic gym leader yeah, there type. There you go, yeah, yeah. It just. It was a kismet for Kind of heavy metal for heavy metal. Oh, yeah. I was I was bitten some... I actually took this track and was doing like chest presses, <laughs> bench presses to it at the gym. It feel, this is great. Ooh, this nice. is yeah, perfect. This is good workout me. music. Yeah, yes, really it is. is. All right, so now we were just talking earlier before the music started about what what makes up tournament rules play for ultimate. Hello? Wait, oh, no. Oh, oh, check but one, two, more specific, one, two, it was like... Oh, no, no. It's two, ultimate because it's just across four, the board, really. Five, but the six, thought was... Seven, so eight, nine, is there ten, like hello, a... F- hello. Check one two three four five six seven. Hello, Hello. can you? I see you guys again. There we go. Hello. Hello? Yeah, I can see you. Okay. Yeah. It, there you are. You just yeah. You guys for froze second. for me for yeah. Okay. So you were asking me. Turn the heat up, Rob. <laughs> um, I'm basically just saying like, is there a specific like a kind of like a subset or a specific set of tournament style rules that people just abide by across the board when you think? Smash Brothers tournament play, mm-hmm. or does it still kind of vary but depending on what competition oh, you're entering? Okay, like this, so which game you mean? Yeah, basically for 64 and for melee, the rule sets have been locked down for a long time. Though there's still things, even though melee has been around for coming on 19 years, there's still rules that are in contention, like wobbling, ban wobbling. It's garbage. Anyways, um, for ultimate, there's certain things that are being kind of they're not always consistent. And the biggest thing is stages, hmm. because we have so many stages. Over a hundred, right? Um, I think so at this point. Wow. Uh, the, what? Uh, for tournament play, there's usually between like seven and like ten at most. Oh, that they so, allow to play. Yeah. So the the five. So there's always the way it works is that there's starter stages that you um, ban and you pick two, um, and then. Or you strike two, I should say. And then whoever loses gets to counterpick to a stage. The person who wins gets to ban two stages. And then counter uh, counterpick stages can come into play. So the stages that are always legal and are almost always counter, uh, always starters are Battlefield, Final Destination, Pokemon Stadium 2, sometimes 1, um, Smashville, and then sometimes Town and City. And then counterpick stages usually include Kalos. And then this is where things get weird. Um... I'm trying to remember because I actually have been really busy and I haven't been able to go to a weekly in a while. But sometimes people hate these stages, but sometimes Lilat and Yoshi's Island Brawl are legal. And for a short amount of time, hmm. WarioWare was legal, but people decided that they hated these stages. And I was always on the very, like, stage liberal side, like, yeah, more stages, more fun. And people were like, no, I hate ledges or I hate, like, weird slopes. And I'm like, you suck. How do people take to those stages like the Fire Emblem one where you're on a ledge, you're on a stage, and then just that weird, like, speed line drop down to another zone, and all of a sudden the platforms are different places, and the game just throws you somewhere? Oh, are you talking about when it transforms? Yeah, like, it drives me nuts, because, like, there's transformation stages, like, say, Pokemon Stadium, but then there's, like, the Fire Emblem. from happening? 
Ah, so, okay, there you go. But with Hazards on, Pokemon Stadium 2 was terrible, and Kalos League was terrible. These were absolutely not playable. Um, but with Hazards off, like, they're great. Um, and there are certain things for, like, Melee where, like, hey, do we freeze Pokemon Stadium? Because Pokemon Stadium transforms into, like, four different stages, and some of those are really wacky. Um, I personally kind of like that wackiness, but I understand that it can be really annoying, and there are weird glitches that can happen, or you like fall through the stages. It's super rare, but it can happen. Yes, you know, I think that's generally where I fall. Like, I'm a big fan of, well, as has already been determined, I'm a big fan of the wacky, you like the weird chaos. stuff. I like the chaotic element. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like, I, I trust me, I get, I get it. But I like, I like the idea of a game being like, well, I can go out here. And I may not be the most skillful as far as, like, you know, timing of attacks and stuff, but if I'm smart about how the stage is laid out, I could screw with people using that and possibly come out mm. on top. You can get so that. Of course, a max player will still wreck the mop the floor with I me. I think you like the chaos because you could take advantage of it. Of course, that's yeah. why I like the chaos. <laughs> why else would I like the chaos? The greatest equalizer. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's like, you don't have to be a pro if there's chaos involved. Mm. Now, if the pro is also good at dealing with chaos, you're in a little bit of trouble. But I have definitely played with people who do well in the normal style of game, but get really mad at me when the like the chaotic elements get thrown back in. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can ask you to hang with you now. This is okay, you know. But if a person's oh, like, I, I played one stage for I what? Just forgot about. I just forgot Yoshi's story because like my mind forgot. I'm like, wait a second. I was like, ah, the math's not adding up. I just forgot about Yoshi's story. That's which a is beautiful like the stage. One. That's the one with the the weird like. Cartoon some the, the hand drawn shy guy with the propeller yeah it's head. the one with the flying shy guys and Randall the cloud um, in melee it's my favorite stage in ultimate it's just it's like mm. it's it's fine mm. the cloud is not in an ultimate which is sad the cloud is like the thing that made it special well yeah, well, uh, yeah so in melee we call it Randall he's just this <laughs> cloud and what's beautiful about Randall is that Randall is not random he is on a timer. He just oh. always goes in and out of at the exact same times. Mm. And so if you're a big nerd and you look at the timer, you can actually predict when Randall will... Like, you'll know exactly where Randall is at any given moment. Randall, um, the not-so-random Do you, do you yeah. interact with Randall, or does it just, like, uh, mess with the background? Randall... No, Randall is a, is a stage platform. element where he yeah. is this tiny little cloud platform, and he goes oh, in and platform. out of the stage in a circle. And so sometimes he will come out or, like, enter the stage at very special times and that's like an element of chaos that i like because it's it's not random but if you're not paying attention it's like it can be Mm. it's it's just like one of those things like oh now you gotta like you gotta cover for recoveries that are go to randall or you gotta like or now you can use that as a form of like of moving around it's just kind of uh, funny but the shy guys are random and they're almost universally just bad or dunk someone into the cloud as it's disappearing. Like, oh, I'm safe. No, you're not. <laughs> Cloud's gone. There are, some, there are actually some funny moments where someone will spike another person, and then Randall will pop out right at the exact same time. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that would every be- single time. Like, Randall! <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, but, yell at the cloud. Yeah, as, as we like to say, Randall giveth and he taketh. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this kind of community so, type stuff. I, I love how all of these classic tracks have been arranged for the Smash games. Um, in all these different ways, um, and it's become such a mainstay of the of the series now. And so I chose um, a track from Castlevania Symphony of the Night because they brought um, Simon, not Simon. They brought yes, uh, Simon. Was it Simon? Simon and Richter, but no Simon. one plays Simon because Richter is a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's who we've got. I think this was for um, his stage. It is 
um, a lost painting from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Was that Richter? Was he in that? He was unlockable in the beginning, right? He was uh, Richter was unlockable. Unlockable because he was all he was like beginning a boss fight and unlockable. I do a video game podcast, but I get all of the Belmonts mixed up. It's That's every- not your fault. They're confusing. <laughs> Well, you don't, just, as long as you don't forget who Randall Belmont okay, is. Okay, Randall, Randall Belmont. Belmont. You never know where he's going to be. All right, so this is... Um, what am I at? Lost Painting from Symphony of the Night for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, composed by Machiri Yamane, but arranged by Tetsuya Shibata. <laughs> Yeah, that came like all around. Right, we're, nah. right, we're gonna come back now. Oh, just as I was getting into my <laughs> nah nah, <laughs> getting into your nah 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 nah. That was Lost Painting from Castlevania Symphony of the Night for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, composed by Machiri Yamane and arranged by Tetsuya Shibata. And yeah, I picked that track because I love. Okay, I love Machiri Yamane. I love Symphony of the Night. And I think this is a great remix. And I, I was saying earlier, I'm just genuinely glad you picked this because Lost Painting is my favorite track from Symphony of the Night, hands down. Mm-hmm. So to hear this remix, which is really good. It's very good. It sets my soul ablaze. Yeah, I love it. I love that it's all these cool remixes, but then it's it's all for a licensed game. You know, it's all like, it's all legitimate for another game. Like I'll flat out say, like I've said mm-hmm. this in the past, I think I said it to you in text earlier today, but... Love or hate fighting games or party brawlers or mascot games, no one can deny that the Smash Brothers franchise is probably the epitome of game mashups and music. Like it's like a, a music um, compilation, like a music. Um, I want to say amalgamation, but I didn't feel right, right, right there. But it's just a fantastic collective of music it's a, yeah, and composers collection that I don't think has or will be matched. And another game. It is a powerhouse. <laughs> this yeah. whole yeah. People um, have asked me like, what what video game has your favorite soundtrack? And I'm like, honestly, I feel like I would be objectively wrong if I didn't pick Smash Bros because of just how like 
I mean, well, if I specify a single game, then Ultimate has like 800. Like, oh wait, no, there are like over 900 tracks now. Yeah, like they're like nine twenty. I thought they were like nine twenty five at one point. Wow, I think it's more than that now. I think it's like nine sixty seven or something. Or I don't remember. I googled it just earlier today. Right now, actually, um, <laughs> but like, there's just so many tracks, and most of them, I can't think of too many that are like not very good, um, except for environmental noises. But every <laughs> track, like, they all have so much heart, and you take this old track. And then you, some of them just soup it up really hard. Like mm-hmm. these arrangements can go wild. And I, I genuinely adore it. Yeah, and it, it even gets you feeling nostalgic for tracks you may have well forgotten. Oh in the yeah. Past. Like yeah. I remember hearing Balloon Fight in this thing. <laughs> yes, lost I my love Balloon marbles. Fight. Yeah, it's so good. Yes, I, yeah. What? What? <laughs> balloon Fight? <laughs> Are you actually <laughs> recording? So, I don't know what's happening. I played happening so much anymore. Balloon Fight in Animal Crossing on the GameCube because of how they had like NES emulators. I played so much Balloon Fight, so much Wario Woods, and oh, what else? Wario's Woods, man. Let me tell you something. I never played that game on the NES or the Super Nintendo because if you remember, it got released on both at the same time. It was one of those last NES years, and I never bothered with it. But in like the last five years or so. I've become a ridiculous big fan for that game. It's so good. It is. So and I wish it would get a revival of some sort, but I'm always like at parties, like breaking out on emulators, like, God, challenge me to Warriors Woods. Yeah, Ghost Pepper's on the line. Good. There are like so many songs that I'll just like hear a song, like, oh man, if I'm ever on the show again, I'll pick that song or whatever. You know, like, the, you know the trick? All you got to do is come up with the topic. The topic has to be fitting to your track that you have in mind. Yeah, and then that's it. And that's it, because that means now <laughs> you have an appropriate track. Two other tracks that are just that fit that role. Um, that's how we do it. I'm thinking like, <laughs> like, like, like Mario Friends or like Mario, um, like extra. not so Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah the not the not so Mario Brothers, the Mario P- others, the Mario Cavalcade, Get Mario hooked. PlayStation All Star. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I, actually, I like the PlayStation All Stars too. That's a game I wish that I've actually never played it. It it had its moments. Like people used to call it a smash ripoff, so to speak. Hmm. But my thought was one: it's not really a ripoff because Smash is Nintendo and this is PlayStation. Like if you want that friend, that's company's franchises, you're going to play PlayStation. You know, so it's kind of good to have that option. And the second thing was that with PlayStation All Stars, the gameplay. It, it had its weird moments, I'll admit, but the idea was that when you attacked people and did damage, you were building up the equivalent of a smash gauge, I'll call it. And when you got it to a certain point, you could use a smash move to ultimately try to kill people. And that was the only way you could kill people, was by initiating those smash combos. So, the hiccup is that it sometimes felt like the other moves had limited purpose because you were just using those with the intent to boost the gate to do the move that actually kills people. But I like the fact that it, it made it so that you couldn't, like, say, camp out and wait for someone else to do all the damage and then just come in and go, smash off the screen! Instead, you had to be like, okay, if I don't put in any work, it doesn't matter what anyone else is yeah, doing, good, I can't do anything. Yeah, it's a good mechanic to, like, to, to, to raise the stakes. Because you... you, you it, it feels bad if, if to, to win without any t- taking any risks, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be like a risk-reward kind of system to that. And that game forced you to take those risks because you had to get into the fray in order to actually accomplish anything. So I was thinking of other like games like Smash. Dream we, TV. Well, we used to play this one on... Was that the Hudson one? Yeah. On, on DS, it was called like Jump Ultimate Stars. Oh, Jump oh Ultimate yeah, Stars. yeah, 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 yeah. I have that. 
Yeah, that was so good. That was really cool. Like, it actually came up in Rhythm and Pixels chat like yesterday. Yeah, I saw someone, yeah, someone bought. Yeah, it was the last Rican bought it. Yeah, it was all shown in uh, uh, jump characters. Like that yeah. was really neat. Yeah, it's so good. And I can't read Japanese, so in order to unlock new characters or new things, you have to have like, oh, put the character's face to the iconic panel of this manga. And I'm I can't read it. So oh no, you just fine. straight up FAQ. All you do is get that. Well, that's how I did. Like, I took the FAQ off of like the website and just ran it through. And like, okay, because you know every level had like five goals you had to accomplish, and each goal unlocked something. Mm. So I was like, okay, this one apparently is beat this level and beat these guys in thirty seconds or whatever. And eventually they reused the text so much that you started to naturally just remember someone was like, oh this is a beat. I mean you did. <laughs> I, think was, I think I was like in Hong Kong and I think I was like thirteen and I played this game. So oh. I, I didn't really have access to the internet. Oh the god time. I was ancient. <laughs> I was thirteen in Hong Kong. I was like I was let me tell you about the grapefruit wars. Um, What's with you and grapefruit? <laughs> they're so good. I have a whole no, jar of it at home. I eat. Wait, wait. You don't like pink grapefruit? All right. I have. All right. So when I was in college, I remember I drank black coffee because I had. So I didn't know it at the time, but I had narcolepsy. So I'd fall asleep in class all the time. And so I would drink coffee, but I didn't want any extra calories. So I drank it black. And then a friend of mine said something about drinking, about eating grapefruit. It helps burn fat. This guy was also like really skinny and it was like in cross country, so I don't know why he needed it. So I decided to uh, to eat grapefruit okay. one morning, and I had my black coffee. And it turns out that both of those have the worst aftertastes that never leave. So when you have bitter black coffee, bit like terrible cafeteria black coffee Ooh. and sour sour grapefruit, they don't cancel each other out. They're on your breath for the rest of the day, and I will never. I don't like grapefruit, man. Oh, mercy. See, it sounds more like you just had a bad experience with it. Like, I you, guess? You gotta revisit. Get the ruby red, not that fake basic grapefruit. Get the ruby red stuff. Delicious, delicious grapefruit. It's not sour so much as tart. That's you, sour. No, that's another word no, for sour. No, no, <laughs> sour. It's like, they're not called tart patch kids. They're called sour patch kids because they're like, Extreme tart, which is where I, I get the sour. I, I'm with Mitchell. I never got into. I never got into grapefruit. Stop going traitor! I'm not about to dump a whole bunch of. I'm not about to dump a whole bunch of sugar on my fruit in the morning. No, so. don't put yeah, sugar on eat, it. Why would I eat a fruit that I have to put sugar on? <laughs> no, Doesn't get, that defeat the point of fruit? I'll give you that. I'll give you guys both that. I've never understood when people will get like a fruit or something and just start dumping sugar on it. To make it edible to them, like no, like, you oh, just you gotta it. put sugar on grapefruit. Why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just eat another citrus? Get orange, get an orange. They're yeah, naturally oranges sweet. are sweet. Like I and want, they don't hurt to eat. I want that <laughs> tart. That's why I get down to business. That's also why I get unsweetened grapefruit, whatever pulp juice, whatever they call the <laughs> junk that's in there, the floating syrup. But anyway, the point is <laughs> the unsweetened pulp junk. The, um, um, the, pulp syrup. And syrup, the important it. part is the grapefruit wars were a very tragic time. Okay. And we should honor those. Right. They were a tragic time. But also, I'm just sad. And also, like, also jump to Ultimate Stars. I did mention this to the friend, but for anyone who may be listening and just like, wait a minute, jump Ultimate Stars, Shonen characters and a fighter. It was on the DS. There is a fan translation out there for it now. If you have a Cyclo or an R4 or something, you can technically use that to play the translated version on your DS, and it still absolutely holds up in the present day. 
it is worth your time. Mm. Admittedly, some of the characters will be older versions of themselves because the game came out ages ago, but still works. Yes. Still good? Oh, still oh, good. Still good. Alright, so we guys We're back to Mitchell. circling around and we're up to your second track. Yeah. Um dude, there are so many tracks and I'm like, oh this song's great. Oh, this song's great. Like, how do I only pick three? This is why you gotta have me on again for Smash Bros. again. <laughs> Smash Bros. Part uh, two. This could like actually Boogaloo. be just like a consistent <laughs> topic, like just Smash Brothers with Mitchell Wong again. Yeah. Once I mean, more there, into the believe bridge. me, there are so many games that I've played outside of Smash Bros. But man, there's just so many good ones out of the 900 tracks. Um, <laughs> Once so more to the I think the next Smash. one I picked was Gangplank Galleon. I feel like I remember that one being really popular when they announced King K. Rule. Yeah, like, you know why? Because that track slaps. <laughs> it is. It is at least. It is at least 10 percent of why I decided to make King K. Rule. And then I like. I mean. Before the game came out, I gravitated towards him because I was like watching his footage and I would just think about it. And I think about this track over and over. I'm like, man, that's such a good arrangement. And as I watched his footage, I'm like, okay, he's a heavy. He's got amazing recovery. He's got two projectiles. He's got armor. Like, what more could you ask for? It's all, it all adds up, right? <laughs> yeah, but it turns out what more you could ask for is frame data. So Also, um, Wart. Oh, geez, Wart's not coming back. <laughs> I don't think he was ever there, was he? At best, I think he was like an assist <laughs> trophy or something, maybe. I mean, he's been in Super Mario Bros. 2 slash Doki Doki Panic. Panic, Panic. Pl- Doki Doki Panic. And he is also in Link's Awakening, which is already more than I would expect. Oh, yeah, of. that's right. He had the, the singing music crew or whatever. All right, well, this is Gangplank Galleon from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. This was uh, David Wise, right? From This is Donkey Kong Country, right? Yes. Yeah. So David Wise, arranged by Ace, which is Tamori Kudo, and um, the artist only credited as Chico.
You're listening to Gangplank Galleon from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch, composed by David Wise and arranged by Tomori, Tomo, Tomori Kudo and Chico, known as Ace, A-C-E. Mitchell brought the beast. Yeah, this is a this is a beast tune is what this is. This is yeah, amazing. I'm telling you, this is at least 10% of why I main who I main. <laughs> it's so good. That that beat, it just keeps like building and building and building. And the horns. Oh, the horns yeah. are good. And I love that reharmonization part before the rap. Yes. Because that just is... Oh, I can't reharmonize very well, but I love it. <laughs> I love the um, the breakdown to the to the halftime of, of the beat after the rap. That's like that's like I'm so easy to please. <laughs> that's like my favorite thing. It's just like everyone on the dance floor is like, ooh, you know. <laughs> so, I, okay. Oh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna ask that since um, Mitchell brought the topic of favorite character or main character. What are the other characters that you typically play primarily as? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so working backwards, King K rules who I main, and it's funny because despite the fact that it's the largest roster, it is the it is one of those games that I actually play um I focus on the fewest characters. Mm. Because I, I actually go to tournaments for this game, or I did until I got really busy. But um and then rewind to Smash Four, which is terrible. I hate Smash Four, but I guess I was a Ness main. Um because in Brawl and Project M I mained Ness. Now in Project M I main Luigi, because in Melee I main Luigi. And then I picked him back up, and at, at this point I play like half the characters in Melee, because I just really like that game, but I don't ever take it really seriously, so, like, Luigi, and then I guess like Sheik and Marth, because they're like, pretty good, um, and not super duper hard. Um, hilariously, like, Fox is one of my worst characters in that game. And then in Fire! 64, I don't have a, a hard main in 64, I, I basically played like everyone at like a relatively equal level, but like, Fox is really straightforward, Mario is pretty straightforward. Um, you just do the buttons, and then you're like, yeah, that works. So, the buttons. Um, those are who I main. So tell us about um, PAX West. You had a talk at PAX West? Oh, right. So yeah. um, I was telling you guys when the song was playing that at PAX West, actually, um, also really quickly, that this is uh, the, the day that we're recording this is right before PAX East, which I'm also going to be showing at. But oh, great. at both PAX West and East, I'm going to be, or was, at the Indie Mega Booth showing Kine. And I was also a speaker at PAX West when we were talking about arrangements mm. for video game music. And this was a track that I picked because also in Brawl, there's, um, it's not the same name, but it's like, it's also Gangplank Galleon. It basically sounds like the original track, but more like updated to like modern times. And at that point it was like 2008. So um, the DK Country version and then like the Brawl version are like relatively on par. But then when you get like, when you do an arrangement, sometimes it just is really good to take whatever genre it really was and throw it out the window and then put a new genre to it. Mm. And this one clearly did that, where they're like, okay, yeah. instead of having this sort of like weird whistly singing instrument <laughs> as the lead, they're going to make it trumpets and they're just going to put them in the stratosphere the whole time. What's like originally like a shanty, basically a shanty tune? Uh, yeah, kind of. It had like accordion and there's like this weird... I, I don't even know what that lead instrument was. Like, <laughs> it sounded just like that. So, so like, they the original just got a surfer like, okay. and just like it, kicked him in the shin. It was a Super Nintendo. Is what it yeah. was doing its thing. I think that should be the next episode. Is uh, Smash Brothers tunes um, put up against like their original original pieces? And, we kind of yeah, and this one has three side. versions. Mm. Some of the Smash games actually have like songs that are like three versions. Um, 
Or like, like you could consider Brinstar Deaths another phenomenal arrangement. The melee arrangement's good too. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's the original like Super NES version from Super, or maybe it's original Metroid, but I think it's Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. And the new version puts um, a violin on the solo, which is actually really, really sweet. Ooh. I so. think I recall there being like multiple versions, like say the Mario Brothers Ground theme. Which I like a lot oh yeah, oh, there's a million. Mm-hmm. Oh man, all of which are tasty, super tasty. Why do we describe music as tasty? I, I, I don't know. Someone on Facebook talked about synesthesia, about how people will perceive sounds as shapes and colors, but when we talk about music, we end up talking about food a lot more frequently. And I don't think it's synesthesia. I think it's just... Hunger. It's just really good words, you know? This is a very crunchy track. Te- it's a crunchy track. Yeah, a crunchy... I think it's ear feel. You got a good ear feel. This track kind of makes me feel like it was placed in a blender and... Put on heavy for about two minutes <laughs> with an egg cracked on top. It's really that good. That makes it sound real smooth then. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah. Not it, as smooth as I would like it to be, but smoothish. All right, well, what's your next eggy um, scrambled up track? All right, this track sounds like kale mixed with a little bit of, you know, butter <laughs> and some lemon and olive oil. Lemony kale butter. That's right. Okay. It's a fantastic <laughs> green track. This comes from Smash Brothers Ultimate. And it is the battle scene slash final boss remix from the game Golden Sun. I don't compose it, but Rob does. Do I, I know? From Brawl? It could have been in Brawl initially, but I only knew I only really knew it from Ultimate. Okay, unfortunately, so I could not find it. So I have Matoy Sakuraba doing the original. He's the original, but um, an unknown because I couldn't find who did the arrangement. Works for me. It's still good. But this is from Brawl. Actually, it could very well have even been Sakuraba. I feel like he's done a number of arrangements for this It could game. be. He's done a lot of arrangements. So, But yeah, this is from Super Smash Bros. Brawl.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Battle Scene slash Final Boss remix from the game Golden Sun, which appeared originally in Smash Brothers Brawl. Whoops, doodle. Composed originally by Motoi Sakuraba, and we were thinking about it over the break, and it wouldn't be surprising if he composed this remix arrangement true as well, because it yeah. just still sounds so yeah, much like him. There's like there's those those keyboard solos and that like it's almost like a cacophony of just all the instruments all at once up front and then everything sort of separates a little bit and then it comes back together again but it's all like with that really fast heavy beat yeah this is wild it's wild yeah it's good it's like imagine hearing this track as you're getting your butt handed to you across <laughs> multiple stages it's something else man but it just I had to pick this track one because I just love the tracking as a whole I love Motui Sakuraba mm-hmm. and I am one of the I don't know how many people that were actually sad to not to hear that Isaac just didn't make the cut for Smash. I, I think they yeah. gave him an assist trophy. At, at, that's it, and it made me kind of sad there. Now that last direct was heartbreaker before the game actually launched. Oh, what was there it? Was like the, yeah, so the last Nintendo direct before the game launched had there was this leak that was like really intricate, and it basically said that like Banjo, Isaac, Gino, I think like the like. What's that game? Um, Mock Rider, mm-hmm. um, oh, and yeah. like the chorus kids from from Oh Rhythm Rhythm Heaven, yeah, and then also I think Shadow and Ken for like for what's it called, the Echo Fighters, and then they announced in they announced Ken, which was like oh cool, and then they announced Incineroar, who I, I I didn't really care about, but it's like whatever, it makes sense Pokemon, and he's a, a very unique move set, but then they're like that's the last ones, I'm like what no no banjo 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 <laughs> banjo, and then they're like. Now we're going to show you all of these assist characters. And it's just like heartbreak after heartbreak where it's like, ooh, Skull Kid. Oh, Isaac from Golden Sun. Oh, and there's just like a bunch of things. Like Shadow the Hedgehog. Like, why? Like, the character. So they just show you character after character. Like, people are like, oh, maybe Black Knight is an Echo Fighter for Ike? Nope. Assist trophy. (laughs) So. It's so frustrating because, like, I've heard people make the complaint, the usual complaint of, well, he would just be another sword fighter. And I will outright state that while I do wish there were more like axe users mm-hmm. and like wacky weapon type users, I will also say that like Milo, yeah, like who? Oh, you, Milo. you're a hater for Milo. <laughs> but again, that's against you and like everyone on the internet. So is that like people complaining that there's too many Shodas in Street Fighter? I think it may yeah. well be actually. Mm, no, I think sort it, of. I feel like the sword in Smash gets a lot more hate than the Shodas in Smash. It's I mean, because of disjointed hitboxes. Oh, I see. I see. So, um. The reason why... So, first things first. One, Fire Emblem has as many representatives as Pokemon does in Smash Bros. However, whenever people make this uh, argument, uh, they fail to recognize that fact that four of the Fire Emblem characters are Marth. and That I agree with. Yeah. So, when you look at Pokemon, let's say in Melee, there's Pikachu and there's Pichu, right? They're Mm kind of like clones of each other. And then you say Marth and Roy, and they're kind of like two sides of the same coin. So you give Roy a pass, you give Pichu a pass, but then who else do you have? Pikachu, Puff, Mewtwo, Lucario, Pokemon Trainer, which is Ivysaur, Skirtle, and Charizard, Incineroar, I I think that's all of them, and they all play super differently. And then when you have Fire Emblem, it's Marth, Girl Marth, Dad Girl Marth, Red Marth, and then you have like Buff Marth, which is Ike, and then you have Corrin, who's like white bread and then you have Marth Corrin who's Byleth and then like Robin well, Robin Robin's was actually different. cool cause Robin was actually cool Fire Emblem Awakening was hot at the time it was a magic user it was all sorts of cool and people were like yeah 
And then, like, Lucina was, like, kind of weird, but then, like, they explained the whole Echo Fighter thing where the Dark Pit, Lucina, and Dr. Mario were just like, it was either we put them in or there was nothing at all. They didn't, like, steal anyone's spot. They're like, okay, you know, rebranding with Echo Fighters. And then with the... And then they put corn. Literally, literally nobody wanted corn. But I was going to also corn. ask, does corn actually still play like a Marth? No, corn is a dragon, but like it's just more swords. And at the time in Smash 4, corn was really good. And it was just like, there's so many things that were just like. And Smash 4 is a mess. I hate Smash 4. <laughs> it's the only Smash game I actively dislike, except for like icons. Who's that game for? Um, but essentially, with Byless announcement, what was. Wild, so, like, if you look at the Fighters Pass. When they announced Joker, it was like, oh man, it's anyone's game. Literally anyone could be put in the game. That's when they put so Cloud in, when they put Joker so, in, I feel like anyone they, could be in. I feel like the fact that they released, they announced Joker when they announced the pass, or not right when they announced the pass, but he was like the first challenge fighter, or first fighter in that pack. Originally it was just, hey, you get the Piranha Plant for free or whatever, but yeah, Joker, you can pre-order the fighter pass. And Joker pretty much sold a ton of those passes. Like, oh yeah. So then to get Byleth as the final one, I was like, why is, of all yeah. characters, so, why this one? So yeah, when you go from Joker, and then there's like Dragon Quest, and I was like, oh, you know, like it's a classic, like I don't have any attachment to Dragon Quest, and at the end of that direct, I was like kind of bummed, at the end of that direct, there was another one, I'm like, wait, wait, this is just, this is just K. Rule's announcement again, and then you see him like lounging in the tree house with the other two, and they see a Jiggy Bounce bot, and I lost it, and I was like <laughs> screaming in the car, because I was watching this on my phone before work, and I was just like, nah. Banjo is the only character that I'm like, if I have Banjo, I'm happy. You could put in Minecraft, you could put in Fortnite, whatever, <laughs> let the kids be happy. With Banjo in, I'm fine. Yeah, Banjo belonged in And that, then Terry yeah. was put in, I love, I love King of Fighters, that game's sick. And then I learned I was wrong because you could put in more Fire Emblem and I would actually get very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I like don't want to be an entitled fan. I'd love to see more King of like, Fighters characters. That'd be awesome. Like the, I was like... Yori, Fakio in there. That'd be great. But like my oh, have you seen the, uh, the, the Terry announcement? Because there's the whole thing where there's like the Fighters Pass envelope and like it slips out of Kyo's hand and then it slips out of like Iori's hand and then Geese Howard tries to catch it but he falls <laughs> off the tower and then Nakaru's bird misses it and like Rio Rio sucks but whatever um, and, and then there's Andy and Joe but and finally he lands in front of Terry's feet and you're like yeah Terry Bogart Terry, Terry's pretty great Terry's got style you know what I mean like he's got his yeah. own style in that game everyone else is like dressed to be cool and he's just like I'm still dressed like it's 1986 well, he's birth of the cool <laughs> he's so get off his back I love it but like the thing I wanted to mention about Isaac though was that while the grief is there about a lot of sword using characters I feel as though the way he would make sense and why it'd be cool to see him in the game is that his entire moveset could solely be based around synergy like even his base move doesn't have to really be sword so it could all be synergy moves like push attacks and like slam attacks because his character was to fuse with Jin, which were like these little like Pokemon-esque creatures. Mm. And then depending on the combination you had, that created a class for you. And that class gave you a roster of different attacks you could do. Like elemental-based attacks and like physics, physics-based attacks. Hmm. All kinds of cool stuff. So he does not have to be sword-based. He probably could have to, he'd have to sword on his back because that's what he used in the game, but... Just make his entire roster of moves synergy-based, and it would be freaking awesome. Mm, and then yeah. his final smash would just be like a giant summon. A huge sword. <laughs> oh, stop I, so, you. like, I haven't played Golden Sun, but unfortunately, like, a lot of my top picks for, like, oh, like, who's for Fighter Pass? Like, the next Fighter Pass. Like, it's exciting again. Um, and I thought Byleth was going to be, like, 
either the very beginning of Fighter Pass 1 or, like, the next Fighter Pass, because there was, like, maybe a mistranslation or, like, down the like down the grapevine, people were like, oh, it's only characters from series that have never been represented before. And the first four of them is Persona, Dragon Quest, Banjo-Kazooie, and King of Fighters, or, like, Fatal Fury. Oh, they actually like, said yeah. that part? I didn't remember that. Them. But all the characters that I want now, it's like Lloyd Irving, two swords. God, that would be Sora, great. maybe. That's a Keyblade, which is a sword. Mm. Travis Touchdown, a beam sword. Um, <laughs> and then there are other characters, like Amaterasu is super cool. So, like, Lloyd Irving is right now, like, my like my pick for, like, oh, I want this character in the game. But I would be ecstatic for maybe Lloyd. Maybe not Sora, then. Maybe it's just Goofy. No, don't you dare. No, I want, I want that Keyblade. If you put in, it, it gets icky because then Disney gets involved with Nintendo, and then the universe implodes from how many crossovers there are. <laughs> how many Marvel characters suddenly show up in Smash? Yeah, yeah. man, <laughs> Wolverine and Smash Brothers. Hello, Bobby. Nintendo like, versus Marvel. Marvel. Marvel versus Nintendo. I would play the living daylights out of that. Uh, Bobby. I would too. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone would really enjoy that. All right, so my last track is coming from. This is from uh, Super Mario Brothers in Smash Brothers. Brawl. This is the underground theme for the Nintendo. All these brawl, all these brawl arrangements. They're yeah. fire. I was just going through them and I was like, hey, this is great, man. This is Koji Kondo arranged by Kentaro Ishikaza. It's atmospheric and funky. I'm waiting for the it. It's not coming. You missed it. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. There it is. There it is. There's the drop. Shabba-tabba-rags. <laughs> you said Shabba-rags. Shabba-rags. Shabba. Enix used to get Shabba-rags in Witcher. <laughs> this is the underground theme from Super Smash Brothers Brawl for the Nintendo Wii. Composed <gasps> by Koji Kondo and arranged by Kentaro Ishikaza. Um, not Shabba-rags. Mr. Loverman. Mr. Loverman. <laughs> smashing. Oh, yes. Sh- smashing. <laughs> I love. Smash. I just think it's so impressive when you can take such a short mm. loop and then make this whole remix out of it. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't actually end up picking it, but I was thinking about the fortress boss theme where they, that like that boss music is like twenty seconds, and then they ask they add on sound of the, like the overworld music, mm-hmm. um, and that remix is fire. But like the fact that they can just like take da 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 and make <gasps> just loop it, and then you put kind of like solo in. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, you guys can rap over it. Yeah. The um the the 
they are just really adding a beat to it, but there's all these extra elements they keep kind of bringing in and out. There's not just the harp. There's like these little keyboard um, hits kind of like halfway through, um, and then it breaks down and it comes back in again. And, and it's not just... It's like the sounds that they're using is reminiscent of like the Nintendo sound, but it's a little bit deeper and it's not quite like the Nintendo sound, but it's just, it's just enough to make you like, be like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely sad now because I have this whole song just running through my head now about going into the basement to look for a plunger because the toilet's backed up on the third floor and you can't quite get it taken care of. So you, it's just a weird thing. You don't want to call the plumber because he costs too much money. Well, I mean, write it down. We can sell it to Taylor Swift and but, that'll be the, that'll be the next Does she break out with the plumber? She gets down with the plumbers. And then she breaks up with the she plumbers. Does, <laughs> she breaks up with the plumbers, and that's a new song. There it is. There you go. That's a, that's the breakup song. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this anymore. Who's going to plunge <laughs> the toilet now? But, like, yeah, I, I, love, mm-hmm. I love these Mario remixes, and I definitely agree with the logic behind feeling a sincere appreciation for short loops being turned into large, lofty remixes. Yeah. Uh, I... I feel like there's a lot of classic NES games that that get that treatment, that exact treatment, because I guess I'm not sure if it was a technology, if it was a technology reasoning behind it or just oh style at the time. But there were a lot of fantastic tracks from that era that were just quick. Yeah, it's quick defi- hits. definitely uh, spacing, like how much space they had to 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 put all the music onto onto the cart. Uh, but you said that uh, Mitchell, you said that the, the, some of your favorite music's in, in Brawl. Is that right? Or, well, or, yeah, or we, we all picked like. How many? I picked a brawl track. Yeah. You picked a brawl track. Pernell picked a brawl track, and uh, and then there were like two ultimate tracks. So did anyone pick a? Did Pernell pick a melee track? I, don't I actually did, and it'll probably come up on the next on the, <laughs> the next loop. But I definitely do have a melee track. Oh, that's good. It's not Target, is it? Because that's the first song I paid, played for mini games last time I was on. It would have been. Actually, I'm kidding. It wouldn't have been, but it actually is on this listing. It's on but that's not list. the one I was yeah, going I to go that. with. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the one I was going to pick up ultimately. Uh, well, that's okay. Well, we have others to pick from. But I wasn't going to pick. <laughs> well, we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round. But a lot of the music that we're playing is arrangements and remixes already. This this whole episode this whole is just episode. smashing. Well, <laughs> a, this is why my bonus round pick makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm really curious about this one. So why don't you talk about that? So um, this is cheating because this is not from <laughs> Smash Bros. This is from Slap City, and I'm kind of doing this as like a shout out to my friend Babel, who I know in real life. But essentially, um, there are like two really really good indie Smash Bros. games: Rivals of the Ether, yes. which most people know about, and it's coming on Switch. Everyone should get it. That game's phenomenal really tight great music the other one is slap city which has like a bit of a smaller uh tighter community in a sense Hmm. and that game if you like melee it just feels buttery smooth if you're like pretty okay at melee anything that you could have ever wanted to try and do is is possible it's like it just feels buttery smooth and so like slap city you look at it and it's a meme game but the meme is that it's actually super good smash brothers game (laughs) and a very good tournament game so this is um, this is my favorite track in the game. There's actually like only a couple of tracks in this game that I actually like really like. But this is, um, I mean, I guess I'll let you introduce it, right? Oh, that's yeah, that's fine. It, this is called Hurtland, right? Hurtland, mm-hmm. Hurtland, um, by uh, the composer is Dot Haku, who is Matthias Hakulinen, and I believe it's from Sweden. So, shoutouts to the Swedes.
good. I look so good. <laughs> That's so great. This is Hurtland from Slap City on Steam, composed by Dot Haku, Matthias Hakulinen. And wow. That I mean, that just exceeded all my expectations. That was yeah. fantastic. How many of you would have never heard this song unless I picked it for a bonus round, right? That's so good. That's so it's good. You brought easily the- my favorite track in the game. You um, really did just bring the fire today. This <laughs> two tracks. I have in good a row. taste. You do. <laughs> I have great taste. Every track I bring is awesome. <laughs> hey, you know it. That's why. I, that's why I keep coming back. <laughs> I wanted. I was like, I need to deny this right now, but then I can't because I'd be lying and I'm not a liar. Yeah. Like, so I um, be, uh, this is specifically for a stage called Hurtlands, and mm-hmm. it is for a character named Princess Remedy. Her game, Princess Remedy Saves the World, is on Steam, and it's free, and it's really short. Um, and there's a sequel, which I own but have not yet played, but mm. it is also very short and very, very good and cute. Um, so big recommend to Princess Remedy, um, but also big recommend to Slap City, because this game is actually really fun, and I think more people should check it out and play it. It has a platypus um, that's hulking around dumbbells, so I'm already Fish sold. That's 3000. <laughs> I've sold. He's <laughs> hard to play and scary. I also realized, by the way, what the game I was confusing this one with when you mentioned it. So, it, I'm not going to go into details on it because it's not like there's any pics or anything from it in this episode, but it's called Indie Pogo. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember seeing that one before. It comes up the, every once in a while on my email because I guess I, the first time I saw it, I clicked like, like or something on Steam. So, whenever someone sells, like, your game is on sale. I'm like, oh, I'm it, not going. It came out? I didn't even know. Indie Pogo, yeah, yeah. I only saw it on Kickstarter, and then I never heard from it since. But hmm. um, besides this game, besides Rivals of Ether, I also want to do another quick shout-out to my friend's game, King of the Hat. It's on the Discord store. Unfortunately, Discord store is really hard to like navigate through, so you have hmm. to figure out how to find the King of the Hat Discord server and then buy the game through that. But it's really tight, and it's really fun. It's like if Smash Bros. was Dive Kick. That's the best way I can explain it. So if Mario can get knocked down in one punch by Luigi... Kind of. The way it works is like to get off topic from Slap City. No, but the way okay. it works I'm, is that I'm really curious about this 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 combination of genres you yeah. just said. So every character can run, every character can jump, and every character has a hat that they throw. Your hat is simultaneously your weapon and your life. So Ooh. what happens is you throw your hat to another character and you stun them and their hat falls off. If you jump on your opponent's hat, they die. Mm. and it's like first to five or something but oh, also awesome. if you miss say you whiff and then your opponent jumps and they whiff punish because then they drop down and they jump on your hat immediately and uh, then you're like oops so there's, there's a, it's it's like smash brothers footsies there's no there's no like off out of bounds and so like imagine if you're just like playing smash brothers movement and it's just neutral and it's really tight and energetic and i love oh, it that's too. cool sounds I like a game the dive every, kick all the juking and the, the every attack would need to be deliberate yeah exactly that's so cool and there's like a dozen characters in it too. Oh wow! Um, all right, so Pernell, what are you going to go with, Pernell? Is it going to be targets? Tell me targets. Tell <laughs> me oh, targets. Man. Everybody get off my target. Target painted on my back. Anyway, this track is one that I double checked, and I swear I didn't see it when I looked on the list. So if I picked it, holy crap! <laughs> but this has to be on a Smash Brothers episode because it's probably it was my favorite track for a very long time in the series. This is from Super Smash Bros. Melee and is the multi-man Melee 1 theme. Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, yeah.
I had to do it. You had to do it. <laughs> so you just listened to the multi-man melee one theme from the game Super Smash Brothers Melee. Who composed it, Rob? Shogo Sakai. Shogo's the guy. Shogo's the guy. Shogo Sakai. All right. <laughs> so aside from the fact that I just I love this track, it 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 kicks so much butt. It's ridiculous. I have genuinely fond memories of this track too because so. Fun fact, shocker to anyone who doesn't know, I'm not good at fighting games or party brawlers or party fighters or anything with any of those words in it. Uh, are you making, um, is, is party brawler a thing? Is he just, did he just make this up? No, I made it up years ago, but that's how I described the game. <laughs> okay. It's just the logic of just the idea behind like it's brawling, but it's chaotic fighting like a party. Um, but um, would the, he get would he get laughed at and and, and beat up at probably a, at, a, at a competition at a weekly? Oh, I'll tell you that story uh, no too. Gonna beat you up. <laughs> a lot of the kids, they're like sixteen year olds at Wikis, and I forget that they're literally like half my age. That's, can, that's not can, actually mathematically correct. But. I can genuinely give you a fun story about that too. But one second, let's go with this one first. That's fun stuff. So like um, sixteen year olds all around me. <laughs> I'm knuckled oh, up, ready to go. God drop. <laughs> but like I basically I was playing this game and I was trying to figure out how to get better at it. Mm. But I didn't really have a lot of people that would play with me, so I couldn't play against humans. And if I go to a tournament, I would just get mud stomped, so mm. I don't even get to stay long enough to bother. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what would be a good way to try to train? Well, there's this multi man melee thing. You got to fight off like thirty guys or a hundred guys or whatever. So I would pick that mode, and I used Kirby. Now, keep in mind, this was before I came to realize, though it would have defeated the purpose anyway, that you could just cheese it with Donkey Kong, but I was determined to eat with nerfed Kirby, and I had so much fun trying to do this mode because it just felt so frenetic. I'm just running around the stage. I didn't really even do any sort of area control. I just dashed around so I wasn't staying in one place for too long mm-hmm. and doing moves just to launch guys back and forth. It was almost like, a, like one of those like clouds of dust where you just see bodies flying out of it. <laughs> I was having that kind of gameplay flow. And it took me a long time, for me even, to beat this in the way that I needed to because I think there was an unlock associated with it too, which is another reason why I focused hard on it. Mm. Um, but I was so happy to have pulled it off and the whole time, of course, this track is playing. And I became Such addicted to it. Such a fire track. That's very good. It, it gets you really pumped to kick the crap out of a bunch of freaking wireframe jerks. <laughs> um, but the other story I mentioned, so I did enter a Smash Brothers Melee tournament some time ago. And uh, the way it played out was I entered it thinking I was just going to have some fun. Like, hey, Smash Brothers, everyone's here to have a good time, right? Da, 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 da. So we sit down and I'm all like, let's go over and have some fun, guys. I'm ready to go. And it was a four-player match. The bell goes off, ready to go. All three of them jumped me, took <laughs> all of my stock. And then when I was out of lives, they all went back to their corners, counted down, and had an actual match. <laughs> they, they literally beat me off the stage before they actually battled them. They actually had a battle. Oh, my God. That's, that's rough. It sucked. It's like, let's have a real match now. That's literally what it was. It was uh, like, now the noob is out. Let's have a real battle. <laughs> I was like, come on, I want to play too. Wait, it was it was a tournament, but it was four player free for all. Yeah, it was like a con oh. tournament. So oh, it was a con tournament. But they, they guys, knew they could smell your weakness. Oh, they they, they totally could. <laughs> you were like, come on, guys, let's have fun, and we're like, we gotta get rid of this. <laughs> let's have pizza afterwards to celebrate her he butt. Wants to, he wants to have fun. Get rid of him. <laughs> we didn't come here for fun. We, we came here for blood. We don't play video games for fun. No, what are you talking about? But I sat. I, 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 if you've you've never seen a grown man 
stewing so hard at a group of people. Like, I just wanted to shoulder check everybody in that room. <laughs> and I was like, hey, don't do it. Don't do it. Just accept that you got taken out of the game. It's okay. Don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> don't shoulder check either. But, um, yeah, that was actually the last tournament I even attempted for that game. Oh, I was really? like, oof. Yeah. Because I feel like you almost need. Actually, I'm going to ask this at the end of the episode too, Mitchell. So get your get your brain chops running on it. But All like, right, brain chops are running. Tips for like how to actually improve at the game and get better mm. at it. But yeah. At the oh, time, I, I like that. Like uh, uh, coaches, little coach tips later on. Yeah, because actually that'll Co- be the Co- a fun fact. Coach Corner, kind of a spoiler. That's going to be the. And remember, here's how to get good at Smash. <laughs> but uh, and remember, have fun, no matter what anyone else says. That's what it should be. No matter what anyone else tells you, keep keep having fun. Um, my last track is actual remix. It's from the uh, drum and bass artist Defiant, and this is his Smash tribute. So I believe it's just the theme song done up in a pretty heavy drum and bass style. Is it done like Tenacious D? It is. Uh, yes, it's the greatest song in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from from Defiant. Let's go.
that was the that was Defiant with his Smash Brothers tribute. Uh, Defiant is a uh, EDM producer out of Ontario, Canada, um, and this is his only <laughs> this is his only uh, uh, video game remix. Um, every, every, everything else is you know mainly you know kind of within that house dubstep world. So it's really nice to hear a really nice drum and bass like mix mashup with uh, Smash Brothers. Um, so yeah, hope you're into that because that's that's my stuff. That's that's what I'd like to listen to. It's it's okay. You're like it's fine. It's, all it's right. fine. Yeah, whatever. It's the attic. I hear. I see. Yeah. Like, <laughs> get, get your own podcast. Is what you're telling me. Start your own show. Um, <laughs> Don't you do that? It'd be boring here. Otherwise, like here's this is the Pixels podcast. I'm going to sit here and eat this whole scone. <laughs> Wait. So is Rob the rhythm and Pernell the pixel? Yes, that's, indeed. That's how it turned out. Coincidentally, <laughs> yet effectively. <laughs> is that because of R and P? Yeah. And the right. thing about it was the name was the the name came up. Rob came up with the name, but didn't realize <laughs> the association. And I assumed he always thought that. Yeah. Oh like a, my god! Like a couple months later, you're like, "Is this what you meant?" And I was like, oh, no, "That works really well." <laughs> He's like, "Wait, what do you mean?" I was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" Because it's you your play, idea. I listen to more music, and you play more video games, so it all works out. Also, right? your yeah. name starts with R, and mine starts with P. It just made sense. And then Rob was like, "That was totally a coincidence." I meant to do that. <laughs> um, well, anyway, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to um, SoundClouds and band clamps and band clamps, especially the band <laughs> clamps, vice grips, and band saws. <laughs> band clouds all that <laughs> stuff check it out alright thanks for joining us on episode 21-9 of Rhythm and Pixels the Super Smash Mouth Brothers uh, tournament of Rob Purnell and Mitchell starring Mitchell Wong smashing smashing Thank you so much for ha- coming on the show and, and being goofy with us for a little while. Yeah, hopefully you didn't I'm gonna bore break the you record. too much. You're gonna break. The I'll record. be I'll be the one to go to nationals. <laughs> <laughs> like every month, he come back, and everyone's like, "Why? Why does this guy keep coming back?" I'm like, "Well, you know, we like we like we like." I Mitchell. just really like music, yeah. and I have really great taste. You have great taste. You really do have. Great I feel taste like I wouldn't be surprised if I went back and listened to all the other episodes you were on if I didn't outright state in those. Oh my God, you brought the heat. Oh my god, this I mean, slaps. You oh definitely my- introduced me to like the the Magical Girl Lisa track. That song still sticks with me. That's yes! amazing. Oh good, yes. good, good, good. Um so yeah, so what would you like to plug? Um so I guess my first thing, by kind, it is available on the Epic Games Store, Google Stadia, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It's you got award-winning music. <laughs> um, and uh, for more of my other stuff, uh, MitchellWongAudio.com. My name is spelled M-I-T-C-H-E-L-W-O-N-G. Um, on that, on my website, there's my Bandcamp and my SoundCloud, which I haven't updated in a while. But essentially, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, I'm also working on a couple other games. Um, there's something called Watch This Space. I've been working on uh, Chibi Sue's Costume Combat for several years now at this point. So, so far, that's a thing that I've worked Oh, yeah, and the charity EP Jam. Um, so far, every year, and by every year, I mean this is the second year, I have done a charity album with game composers based off of a theme, kind of like a game jam. And cool. so we have the month of February and compose a track based off the theme. This year, Last year was Midnight. This time it's Dust. 
Oh so, wow! Can can you can you give us links to last year so we can have our listeners check it out? Yeah, sure. Um, it's basically uh, all the proceeds go straight to Able Gamers, and I love that charity. And the yes. people there are really cool, and it's just a fun way to enter uh, to collaborate with my game composer friends. Oh, I love it. Yes, I like that. I like that very. That much. is great. Yeah, no, we have to have you back because you got because you got to yeah. talk about that now. <laughs> I could talk about so much stuff. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So, and if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can. The best way to do it is to send us an email at rhythmandpixels at hotmail dot com. And for more information about our show, full track listings from all of our episodes, and links to all the stuff that we've been talking about today, go to the website rhythmandpixels dot. And check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Also, Rhythm and Pixels Chizat. Yeah, the Rhythm and Pixels chat group on Facebook. Join there. We'll let you in. And it's just I'm be- there. You're there, too. Exactly. Yeah, I'm there. You can talk to Mitchell there. <laughs> talk to everybody. Um, yeah, so check that out. And go to YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have a uh, 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. And if you'd like to support the show, just tell people about it. Just tell your family, um, you know. Tell your dog. Tell your dog. Animals love the show. Cats listen every day. Crows <laughs> tell their friends. Yes. After the fact. Yeah, you hear them chirping and doing whatever they do at night. They're actually just telling everybody else about Rhythm and Pixels. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Or you can go to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels and support us that way. You get access to uh, prequel episodes that come out um, a day before all of the main episodes, um, which is usually just us kind of chatting for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, with our guests as well. You also get access to a live-streamed recorded episode once a month, and those are always really fun. They're ridiculous. Because I like to do stupid trivia quizzes and stump Purnell with dumb trivia knowledge that he'll never get. And every once It's my, my chance to finally win something. <laughs> hey, I, I don't know about you, but I've actually been kicking butt on you've those been, trivia you've been, challenges. You've been doing better. You've been doing better. Hey, hey! Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, we also like to thank all of our Patreon members at the end of every episode. We'd like to thank That Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Johan Perez, Reinhard Zelkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Lauten, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Schenstrom, Bobby Arson of One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, who just had a new episode released. Yes. That was really good. It was all about the Sega Mega Drive. Uh, Brian Pitt, Chris Murray. We have a brand new Patreon member, Buttsbo, or Bootsbo. Or is it Buzzbo? Uh, it's Buttsbo. There's a T in there. Buttsbo. Could be uh, Bootsbo. We have Hammock. Hammock! Hammock from KVGM, The Last Wave, which is a fantastic podcast of nothing but chill and jazzy and smooth, jazzy video game music. We have Bruce Irons of The Mad Gear. Um, he has a Kickstarter coming out. Um, for a, uh, a web series that he's producing, and the video game is going to be released. Um, actually, it would have—I think it would have been released this past weekend, not the release of this episode that I did all the, the development for, along with some others. Uh, we have Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, Alexander Proudfoot, Davy Cakes, The Dude, That Last Weekend, Bedroth, Kit Cerrito, Solo Sanctuary, Mix Six Master, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasallo, Chris Tienerson, Alex the Messenger, Messenger, patron saint of all VGM podcasts, and David Smith. 
thank you all very very much for your continued support. Twisters, it's, it's great. Twisters. And all, all of the all of the, the the notes and letters that you guys send into it's it's really great to, to see all that. So absolutely appreciate it, everyone. Um, our next episode is going to be um, another live recorded episode. Influential so. classics Ooh, a la live. patrons. So if you're listening to this episode the day it's released, that means tomorrow night we're going to be recording live. So you'll it'll be on all of our channels of. of when we're going to be doing that. It's going to be a good time. I think so. Yeah. So um, thanks again, Mitchell, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'll be back. Yeah. (laughs) And before you go, of course, that question, because we're good. And remember part one. Yeah, let us know. Tell us, what what are some things? I I don't play Smash. I know fighting games. What are some things I need to know? To get better. Mm. So, I mean, if you know fighting games, you know the things like neutral... Combos, mix-ups, you know those terminologies. Footsies. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for me, Smash Bros. is really intuitive. I mean, granted, I've been playing it for literally 20 years, but um, it's 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 all about like what feels right. That's a terrible advice. <laughs> um, for so, I guess my best advice would be um, learn how to recover, mm. and if that's if that's something that you have trouble with. Um, but if you're at like a level where you're like, you're decent and you're better than your friends, but like, how do you get better? Um, I guess it's the hardest thing is like, how do you play proper neutral? Because I'm definitely still in a phase where I run at my opponent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do the obvious thing where I like, I'm now far away from my opponent. I'm going to shoot the gun and throw the crown or shoot the fireball and lose. Um, so I'm definitely still learning how to do like good neutral, mm-hmm. but like how to, how to like, bait things and do this small spacing there's just like a lot of there's like so many different things to learn and you just got to take it a step at a time that's my advice i like that you pick pick one thing and and, and focus on that but you're saying focus on the thing that you you really need do need to work on yeah for me it's neutral because like whenever i want I, i go towards my enemy and then they know i go towards them and then they hit me that's how i play i'm a rushdown player rushdown just by just naturally i'm a rushdown player well, anyway, thanks for joining us. That was Mitchell's Smash Corner <laughs> <laughs> on Rhythm and Pixels. And good night. And remember, well, Rob kind of spoiled it earlier. <gasps> what? But to reiterate, you may not necessarily be a pro or an expert at multiplayer versus games per se. And while I will agree personally that it can feel rather daunting if you find yourself surrounded in a sea of people who are just poised to beat the living snot out of you because they're just better by time and effort. You have to remember that they got better likely because of time and effort. And if you want to actually enjoy the game in the sense that they do, try not to just let it go in the sense that you lost and feel as though you can't compete thereby it's not worth putting an effort to play. Give it the time that it needs to actually, you know, improve for you. Heck, even sometimes let the people know that you are learning at the game, and you never know. You might be playing with somebody that might actually help you get better instead of just mercilessly beating on you, in which case then, slowly but surely, you'll come up in the levels, you'll level up, you'll grow, and then suddenly they'll be leaning forward in the chair to beat the crap out of you because you (laughs) measured up. So don't give up. Play for fun. But also know that you can reach out to people and they won't necessarily turn you away to help you improve at your game.